0: I remember at Easter how the TV companies, okay, BBC, ITV, showed Christian films or Christian-based stories on missionaries or other great examples of people of faith. In advance, I checked out this Easter's program, which listed the Prince of Egypt alongside the sound of music, Harry Potter, the Da Vinci Code. And not forgetting that Easter classic, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Somewhere, Easter from Kings got a showing. Times have changed. We now see all kinds of spirituality or programs about near death experiences. I read about someone who, after being struck by lightning, a man meets a being of light who grants forgiveness for a lifetime of violence. In full cardiac arrest on the operating table, a school teacher travels down a long tunnel to a place filled up with love and beautiful white light. And Elvis Presley takes her by the hand. Mm. Many of these people were changed forever by things they experienced. They had touched eternity, or so they thought and believed. And life on this earth could never be the same again. Now, we all wonder about life after death, don't we? It's natural to think about it sooner or later because we're all going to die. That much is certain. I'm aware of a 48-year-old businessman who told me about a friend who asked him Have you smelled the first shovel of dirt from your grave yet? Indeed, he has. With calm certainty, he told me that sooner or later he was going to die of cancer. Twice it had come to him. Twice he had beaten it. But the third time, might not be so lucky. Death, the last enemy. Death is truly the last enemy of the people of God. That's not my word. That's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 26. We can beat many other enemies, but death always wins in the end. We can put it off, dress it up, delay it or deny it, but to no avail. It is appointed unto man Wants to die, says the Bible, and no one will escape that appointment. I'm aware of someone else who said, This year has been the most difficult in my life. His aged father died. His daughter in law died of cancer. Then last September, his wife of 44 years died of a brain tumor after two years of illness. He openly shared his personal journey through pain and suffering. But it is so hard, he said. In the end, his wife didn't even recognize him. A hundred times a day she would say, Who are you? He said this with tears streaming down his face. Jesus wept too. When he stood before the tomb of Lazarus, he wept openly. People have wondered why he wept, since he knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. I believe he wept because he loved Lazarus, and he felt the pain of death. He saw the grief of Mary and Martha, all the suffering that death causes in the world. Death is the last enemy until it is destroyed. We, like Jesus, will weep too. But in this story of Lazarus, I used to be struck by the fact that when Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, he deliberately delayed coming until he knew that Lazarus was dead. In fact, fact, he stayed there for four days. When Martha saw him, she said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. It's a strange combination of sorrow and enormous faith in those words. If you have been here, we all think that from time to time. If Jesus had been here, my marriage would not have, would have been saved. Lord, if you'd been here, I wouldn't have fallen into temptation. If Jesus had been here when we needed him, our family would still be together. But now, in this story, Jesus is here. What will he do? Lazarus has been dead for so long that any thought of immediate resurrection was out of the question. But that doesn't seem to be on Martha's mind either. She thought that Jesus could heal Lazarus and she also believed he would be raised on the last day. It apparently never occurred to her that Jesus could raise Lazarus then and there. It is against that backdrop that Jesus said to Martha those famous words that have been quoted at millions of gravesides ever since. I am the resurrection and life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? these words have been a light and a hope to the people of God for over 2,000 years we quote them because they express the deepest faith in Jesus Christ I've always thought these verses were a little bit mysterious because Jesus seemed to contradict himself in one place he says a man will live even though he dies and then he immediately says that if a man believes in him he will never die How is it that you can die and not die at the same time? Is there a kind of death that is not really death at all? Is that what Jesus means? Let's consider each phrase separately to carefully understand what Jesus is saying to us this Easter Sunday. He is the master of death in all forms. I am the resurrection and the life Notice how personal this is. He doesn't say, I bring resurrection and life. No. He says, but rather, I am the resurrection and the life. In the presence of Jesus, death is no longer death. It is something else entirely. As Paul later says in the New Testament, death has now lost its sting and grave its victory. How can that be? The answer seems to be that death has been transformed by Jesus himself. You see, our Lord often used the word sleep to describe death. When he saw Jairus' daughter, he said, she's asleep. When he told the disciples that Lazarus was asleep, they said good because they knew he would eventually wake up sleep is natural and normal which is why no one calls the paramedics when you lie down to take a nap the whole point of sleeping is to wake up later death for the believer is like dying down sorry lying down to a good long nap the body may sleep for a long time It could be many years in fact but in the end it will wake up when Jesus raised Lazarus it was just an example a sample of what he will do for his people when he returns to the earth but it's very personal with Jesus the answer to death is not a resurrection it's Jesus himself I am the resurrection and the life. No one can hope to escape escape death unless he is related to Jesus through personal faith. So many people want to know what lies on the other side of death. The answer is quite simple. If you know Jesus, what lies on the other side is resurrection and life. If you don't know him you have no hope at all you might as well call the psychic hotline or talk to the woman who thinks she met Elvis when the time of death comes you'd better know Jesus or you're going to be all alone but he is the answer to death for us for us all he who believes in me even though he dies Think about those words for a moment. You can live even though you die. That is the deepest wish of the human heart—to know that death is not the end. How sad it must be to the, to come to the end of one's life, and to believe that after death there is nothing at all just a vanishing into the cosmos, a passing into the dark night, marching off the stage into eternal nothingness. But without Jesus Christ, what other hope do we have? Over the last 15 years, I've conducted funerals for all kinds of people. Most of them have been older but occasionally I do a a funeral for a younger person. The circumstances vary, of course, but this much is certain. At the moment of death, the truth about individuals comes out. You can fake your religion most days, but you can't fake it when you stare death in the cold face. In that moment, Jesus makes all the difference in the world. In the saddest moments, I have seen the light of God on the faces of those who have lost their loved ones. Through their tears and smiles, through their tears, they smile because they know Jesus and he has made all the difference. As D.L. Moody lay dying, he exclaimed, Earth is receding, heaven is approaching, this is my crowning day. Many have felt that way as they came to the end of life. But Jesus is the victor over death for all time. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die in some ways this is the most amazing statement that Jesus ever made because he is clearly saying that death for the believer ceases to be death at all it is merely the continuation of life in the presence of God that's what Paul meant when he said that to die is gain This is also what David meant when he declared, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Jesus had this in mind when he promised the dying thief. Today, you will be with me in paradise. Can you imagine what it was like for Jesus to raise Lazarus from the dead? First, he told them to roll away the stone. Martha objected, pointing out that his body would stink because it had been dead for four days. Then Jesus prayed to his father. And then he cried out, Lazarus, come forth. Why did he call his name? Why did he call out Lazarus? Because if he hadn't said Lazarus, all the dead in the graves of the world would have suddenly been emptied. The Bible says that Lazarus came forth from the grave, still bound in his grave clothes. Jesus ordered that the wrappings be removed and he be set free. It's something you may have never considered before. Lazarus was raised from the dead, only to die again later. Why did Jesus raise him? I believe it's because we would know that he could do it. Anyone could say, I am the resurrection and the life, but only the Son of God could do what Jesus did. But here's some questions you must answer. It's Easter morning, 2023. What does this day mean? It means that through Jesus Christ you may be released from the fear of death. But there's a question you must answer. It's the question found at the end of verse 26 and so often we miss it. But it's the key to what Jesus said. Can I ask you to stand please? Here's the question, do you believe this? That's the supreme question of Easter. In the end, truth must always become personal. I'm going to ask you six questions, which I hope that you answer, I do. You can answer I do to all five. You may be able to answer it to all six, but I think on the question number six, it generally is, I will. So I hope you will respond with me here. Do you believe with all your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who came from heaven to live on this earth 2,000 years ago? I do. Do you believe that when he died on the cross, he died in your place, bearing your punishment and paying for your sins? Do you believe that on Easter morning, he literally, physically, bodily rose from the dead, never to die again? Do you believe that Jesus is now seated at the right hand of God the Father? I do. Do you believe that Jesus is truly the resurrection and the life and that he is able to remove the terror of death for those who trust him? Are you willing? To stake your life on your answers to the first five questions. I began this message by quoting from a magazine article that asked the question Is there life after death? In some ways, you can't blame the people of the world for looking to near death experiences to answer that question. If you don't know Jesus, you will grasp at any straw. But if you know him, You don't need to worry about those things. We don't need the word of people who nearly died when we have the word from someone who died on Friday and came back to life on Sunday morning. Can I hear an amen? His word can be trusted. And he said, I am the resurrection and the life. The man spoke about the last minutes of his wife's death. As he held her in his arms, she breathed a a few short breaths and was gone. I held her in my arms until Jesus came and took her away in his arms, he said. There's an old gospel song called Since Jesus Came Into My Heart. One of the verses contains this phrase. There's a light in the valley of death now for me since Jesus came into my heart. That light is the light of Jesus who stands knocking at the door of your heart this morning. Do you know him? I pray that you will open the door and let him in. You will never regret that decision. And when death finally comes, it won't be death at all, but an entrance into everlasting life. May God grant you grace to believe and make you restless until you find your rest in Him. Amen.